One of the things I credit with aiding me so successfully in my career is my intuition. Now, this wasn't something that I had a lot of awareness around for a long time. In fact, I didn't even really know what intuition was. But looking back, I can clearly see that I was using it even before I knew what it was called. And so using your intuition is something that everyone can learn to do. That's why I invited my good friend, Heather Alice Shea, to this conversation today. Heather is an intuitive coach who has built her own life coaching certification program, training other coaches to tap into their intuition called Admana Academy. And I have watched her grow this from the ground up to nearly a million dollar business. And as you'll hear in this very enlightening chat, Heather believes intuition is something we can all tap into and use to make soulful aligned decisions. And that's in our business, it's in our relationships, really just about in every aspect of our daily lives. So whether you've already identified your intuitive powers or you are still trying to figure out what the heck all of this means, settle in for this convo on intuitive leadership and how to step more boldly into your gifts. I can't believe we have made it this far. We have officially entered the celebration zone for our one year podcast anniversary. Yes, it has been one solid year of weekly shows here on the Inside Story podcast. I'm so excited. And we are kicking things off by asking our amazing listeners to share your big takeaways from the show. And we've made it super easy for you to do this. Number one, you can write us a review. The easiest way to do this is go to ratethispodcast.com slash story. Once again, that is ratethispodcast.com slash story. And then just tell us what you think. Tell us what your favorite episodes are. What have been your biggest takeaways? What do you love about tuning in to our shows every week? Or you can screenshot your favorite episode from your app and just simply share it to your social media by tagging us at Lightbeamers. We are at Lightbeamers on both Facebook and Instagram. So that's pretty easy for you to do. So we would love to just hear from you. What have you loved about the Inside Story podcast? What have been some of your favorite episodes? What are some of your big takeaways? And even more importantly, what are you learning about your own story as you tune in every week? So stay tuned for more celebrations on our social media channels. Again, we are at Lightbeamers on both Instagram and Facebook, and we will be doing some prize giveaways in the coming weeks. So if you do give us a review on ratethispodcast.com or you tag us and share something about the podcast on your social media, you will automatically be entered to win. We are giving away some nice cash prizes and some super cool Lightbeamer swag as well as a few bonus story sessions with me. I really look forward to giving those away. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Literally, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in each week. Every written review, every download, every subscribe, every share that you do helps us get our little podcast out into the world to more women. And it just helps us, um, you know, get discovered so that other people can benefit from what we are sharing here every week on the Inside Story podcast. We are so excited and energized to keep going for another year and beyond. I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light 
So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Heather, welcome to the Inside Story Podcast. So excited to have you, my friend. Thank you for letting me be here with you, April. I just adore you. And it's an honor to have this conversation with your wonderful audience. Well, likewise, I'm excited about um, having you on because I always want to feature women who I feel and I see and I witness using their story in really powerful ways. And, you know, that's just the gist of it. So obviously I see that in you and I think that our viewers, our viewers, our listeners will get um, a lot of um, really great information from you today. We're going to be talking about intuition. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about really how to kind of use some of the, you know, things in our past, the pain, the trauma, the setbacks, the disappointments and use them as fuel to really create the life you truly, truly want to live. And that's really what you've done. You know, like that's what I know of Heather Alache is that, <laughs> you know, you, you didn't always have the easiest background uh, growing up and um, childhood and early adulthood. And you have taken all of that and just rewritten your story. So we're just going to start there because it's a good story. Yeah. And you know, I've heard you share this, but for the listeners of the show, um, let's, let's go back to that, that, that painful past, the trauma, some of the things that you've experienced, give everyone a sense of like, what did that look like for you? What was your experience? Yeah. So, um, gosh, it's, it's like, I almost feel like I'm starting like, like war and peace, right? Like there's so (laughs) many things like you could talk for hours, right? About it. The highlight version. Yeah. I think the main thing from my story that I've learned is that I think we have these, um, like, even though you are yourself and even though it is your story, and even though you're the one who lived it, the person who sees it clearly the least is ourselves. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because we're we're what's sort of like um, you know when you're the leading lady of the show, right? You can't you're not witnessing yourself because you're the that you know the actor on the stage. And so um, I used to really look at myself and not like as I look back on my story and think, oh my goodness, you know there was the bravery, there was the courage, there was mm-hmm. the resilience, there was the strength, there was the 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 sense of humor that kept you alive. Um, you know, there was all of these things right there aiding me as I was on the hero's journey, but never having seen it while I was in it. So because of that, when I was really young, I always felt very other. I -hmm. always felt very disconnected from people, even though I had a ton of friends, you know, I had, um, you know, I had like, quote unquote, everything that you would need to thrive in life. I grew up in a very, very you know, but with all that being said, I grew up in a very, very poor family. And I just never really felt like I fit in. I sort of had this. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, have that feeling. I think it's one of the things that drives us to start businesses is that we don't feel like we fit in to society, to our peer group. We really don't, you know. And what I've learned from that is that we actually don't. I What I now realize is, no, Heather, you actually are really different. You know, you, you don't process the world like everyone, but what really brought me into um, my work as a psychotherapist and now a life coach trainer was trauma. Um, I'm very open about a lot of the experiences in my past. I would say, um, you know, my first conscious memory is the day my sister died. My, um, that was when I was three. Um, My, my, when I was four, Uh, I was sexually abused for two years by a family friend, you know, Mm -hmm. that is so traumatizing at the age of four, a trusted family friend who went to our church. Um, So really, as a young, as a young child, growing into adulthood, I was just a scrambled egg. Like if if a functioning human is like an egg that you crack it, and it's like a sunny side up egg, I was a scrambled egg with like onions and garlic thrown in, you know, I don't even (laughs) know. Yeah, it just I was. Yeah, like I wasn't I wasn't okay. So um, 
I, because of those early, I, I developed PTSD, clinical depression, um, and also a generalized anxiety disorder with some low key panic attack slash social, social anxiety disorder thrown in there. Um, and so I really think that is what out of that trauma, out of that pain came my life's purpose, which was, I want to be someone who for other people, when you're at your lowest low and when the chips are down, I want to be that person who reaches down, grabs your hand and says, you are not alone. And not only that, I'm not going anywhere without mm-hmm. you. And I think that's the power of our story. That's the power of, um, you know, giving ourselves an opportunity to take what came to destroy us mm-hmm. to be the thing that defines us and makes us and yeah. makes us in this beautiful, beautiful way. So I really credit that that guy who did that to me. Um, I always say I, I wouldn't wish that experience on my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. But if you gave me a magic wand with the ability to make it all go away, I would I wouldn't do it. I'd fight you for the experience because of the countless women whose eyes I've looked into and just dead in the face. They're looking in the whites of my eyes and I can say, I know how you feel. Me mm-hmm. too. And yeah. you can arise triumphant over this. There is a way forward. I did it. You can too. Let's do this thing. So, um, and that's a choice we make, right? We have that choice. It's just, yeah. it's a simple decision that we make. And that's really how you use your story in a powerful way. And what's, what's available to, to anyone that wants to, um, really stop letting that story have power over them mm-hmm. and start using that story in a positive, powerful way, which I talk about. I say that all the time. I'm a broken record in that, but it's the truth because that's what you just, you just described it. You know, it's like you being able to look in the whites of the eyes of those other women and saying me too, and I'll show you how to do it, how to get, how to get over it. What I think is really interesting about what you do, April, is a huge part, I think, of, of healing, of what I know about healing from, you yeah. know, the research, whether it's a psychotherapeutic experience or if it's coaching is what, and, and I don't know if you know this, but there is an entire branch of therapy and coaching called narrative therapy, where all you, you tell your story and then you rewrite your story. So there's even research behind what you do. But what I think is so interesting about what you do is you give people that chance to hear themselves yes. as you're working with it. That's such a gift to just be able to say, let me tell my story. And that's why I really love what you do in Light Beamers, because, you know, I know that you're not saying, let's go in and do a deep dive into your soul, you know, but you're, you're giving people a chance to hear themselves and then turn around and create a message out of that that changes wow. other people's lives. And I, I don't know of anything more beautiful in the world than we can do than share all of these things in a way that allows other people to ascend. So it's really awesome. Well, thank you. I totally agree that it is the most beautiful thing. And no, I have not heard that language around narrative therapy, although I hear all the time because I don't have that that science background. Mm-hmm. I haven't studied psychotherapy and I don't have those types of degrees, right? I often laugh like I'm this, you know, former journalist that just how to, you know, I don't know exactly like how that happened. Well, I do because I followed the breadcrumbs of my own story, but it's funny because people do say to me all the time, you know, in story work and doing the sessions that we do and the, how that I hold space for people's story. And I don't hold judgment when they're telling me their deepest, darkest secrets. I'm like, okay. And you know, what are we going to do with that? Like, like I am totally unfazed mm-hmm. because I've heard it all. Number one. And number two, that, that does, that's not their whole story. Like I'm waiting for the dot, dot, dot. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about getting people to the dot, dot, dot portion, the and portion. This happened to me. And then what, right? Like yeah. I want to get people to the, and then what stage of their story. Mm-hmm. And that's the rewriting the story phase. Um, and so I've had so many people say, this is like therapy, you know, this is like going to therapy and it's, it's funny because it is (laughs) exactly. It's just funny because how did I get to be this quote, you know, unofficial therapist by way of being a journalist and storyteller. But, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, those cross were, those roads have met 
Um, and it, it, it really is very healing. So thank you for seeing that and honoring it. Um, I'm curious for you and your own story, because what I know about storytelling is that, you know, we have what I call the story arc, this kind of our before, which for mm-hmm. you was this trauma and this pain and this scrambled egg of a, a of a world. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the other side of our story, which is that dot, dot, dot version, right? Where it's like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, heal this so that I can go and help other people. I'm going to, in you know, in your path, we became like, I'm going to be the psychotherapist, eventually life coach, and eventually build a coaching school around that. But at the end of the day, I'm helping other women step into their own power mm-hmm. by, the, by the work that you do. What we're missing is this little hump in the middle, which is this transformative period. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about how did you go from being the scrambled egg to being like the badass mama that you are today, helping <laughs> other women. So there is like, there had to have been a transformative period mm-hmm. or some sort of like event in your own life where you just decided to, you know, that you were going to heal this and you were going to move past it. What did that look and sound like for you? Um, I think two big things. The first was my divorce. When I was 33, um, I knew that I was in a marriage that I would either get out of or it would kill me. So I think Uh that was the first time that I woke up and I realized, oh my God, I'm really living my life according to someone else's rules and mm-hmm. I'm doing the shoulds and, you know, and the, and the oughts, but I was really just profoundly miserable. Um, so I think that has a big part to do with it. But also I was diagnosed with a chronic um, illness in 2008. And I had a surgery a year, you know, with doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist. I was diagnosed with um, stage four hemorrhagic uh, endometriosis, which means that I would develop these huge blood filled cysts in my abdomen and the endometri. It was, it was like one of the worst cases. Plus I was having these really mysterious GI issues that were debilitating. So between the surgeries for the endo and then this phantom illness, like my body was just shutting down and the doctors really had no clue what was going on. So I would have these fits. It was so painful. You know, sometimes when your body's hurting, you can get into a position and the pain will subside a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That did, it was like, that did not happen. Um, I don't know if you've ever been burned before really bad, but like burn pain, it doesn't stop. It just hurts all the time. It does not abate. I would have these really mysterious attacks. Um, Fast forward in 2012, I had this big, huge surgery uh, over all my ovaries, fallopian tubes, uterus, uh, cervix, everything taken out. And the doctors were like, this is going to fix it. You're going to be great. Um, So I opted to have that surgery. And I was so weak going into that surgery Mm -hmm. that I realized that you know, I, I didn't realize at the moment that I said to go do it, that I was in real trouble, but I basically failed to recover from this surgery. I just, I, my body just wasn't healing. And there was one night where I thought to myself, oh my gosh, you know, if I have one of these fits, I'm probably not going to survive it. And Mm -hmm. then I thought, well, I'll go to the emergency room. And then a voice in my head said, Heather, you know, those people can't help you. They cannot help you. You have listened to them for five years, it is not going to work. And I vowed to myself, I would never go to another hospital again. I'd rather die. So, and I mean that I would rather have died. Like I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. So um, I was just so angry when I realized that my daughter might find my body. My father passed away in 2006 and I found his body and he was in rigor mortis and I put my hand on him and he was like stiff. So I had this like vision in my mind of my daughter walking in and seeing my dead body like that. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm not, that is not happening. Like my child will not have that trauma. And so I was started in my head thinking about what I would do if I died, how I would handle it. So Ava wouldn't find me. And I was like, okay, I'll get up. I'll go get Brandon. I'll have him come get the body. I'll have him call. And I realized I'd be dead and I wouldn't be able to stop it. And that's when I lost my shit. When I realized that I would not be able to protect my daughter. Yeah. So in that moment, I started praying and I grew up in a really conservative religious family and, you know, all the things, right, which led to my shoulds and oughts. You know, I was a good girl trying to be a good person. And in this moment, I realized 
none of that is true. God does not care about you. He doesn't give one shit. You can sit there and try, you know, I was so angry. And so I prayed and I, I was like, God, you're a, I call it my Lieutenant Dan moment from the movie Forrest Gump when he was on the shrimp yeah. boat screaming at God. That's what I was you're doing. You're so mad. You're yeah. so mad at God. Yeah. I was just like, you're an ass. I mean, I was like cussing God out, like no holds barred. It was happening. I didn't care. And I'm like, yeah, bring it. I don't like, and I hope you're pissed about it. Like I was that mm-hmm. intense. So I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, I, mean, I know it sounds so crazy, but all, I'm telling you, like all of a sudden, all of the emotion left. And I just went like, it was like, zoop. and then I heard a voice in my head and it said, Heather, it was as calm as can be, totally calm. And it said, so I went from like rage to like, just boom and said, you can remain in your anger and your bitterness for however long you have left, or you can choose to forgive to forgive yourself, to forgive your family. You can choose grace and forgiveness, but the time is now choose wisely. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm getting somewhere. So I went into prayer and long story short, long story short, I went into prayer and I said, okay, I asked for this. I Um, asked for this. You did ask for it. First time in my life that I'd ever gotten an answer from a prayer. First time in my life that I ever was definitively like, Oh my God, something is happening right now. And it's not just me in my mind. Like I knew without question this like experience I was having. Um, and so I said, okay, well, if I, if I choose anger, I'm going to be the angriest son of a bitch that has ever walked the earth. Or if I choose forgiveness and love, I'm going to dedicate my life to being the most loving, you know, most forgiving person I can be. But on my terms with God watching this time, I'm going to do it my way you know, as good as I can in relationship with the God, I'm going to personally know from this moment forward. And so I chose that. And I said to God, I'm not going to ask you to heal me. I don't, I'm not even going to ask you for my life. I want nothing from you. Thank you so much for everything you've given me. Because while I was praying, I started to just feel this undescribable love that you hear all of these people talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, when they talk about spiritual experiences and I kind of roll my eyes at it because I'm like, yeah, yeah. But then I'm also like, and it's true, right? Because it it really does happen. Yes, it does. So um, yeah. So I just said, I just want more of this feeling. Fell asleep, woke up, totally healed. And not only that, but I could still hear that voice. And I have heard it every single day since that day. And it leads and guides my life. And what I have come to understand today is that voice is our intuition. Mm -hmm. This inner intelligence with the power, if we'll let it, if we'll walk hand in hand with it, that has the power to lead and guide our lives in miraculous but practical ways. And so my journey into being an intuitive life coach turned intuitive life coach educator and trainer really unfolded from there. So um, it again, born out of, I guess I'm really hard headed. I don't know, but <laughs> born out of this really crazy experience, you know, having a chance to, to turn it into something ultimately really good for myself and for other people. I think when people experience something like this, like this true, I mean, quite literally come to Jesus moment, right? Like you were literally on the throne at that point that you can't, possibly walk through that and get to the other side of it. And, you know, obviously having been changed yourself, number one, waking up and realizing that pain and some of the uh, medical issues that you were facing were suddenly subsiding and Mm -hmm. like health and recovery was coming your way. You can't go through an experience like that, both from a physical and a metaphysical, you know, spiritual godly experience with and, and, and keep it all to yourself. Like it, it comes with a responsibility mm-hmm. to then go like, okay, there's my life's work. See ya. I'm in. Right. Yep. And yeah. you gaining language around it and tapping into the idea of what this intuition is and how we can all access it mm-hmm. um, and let it guide you. And it, and it be the thing that you go and teach other people is just perfect. It's so perfect. Yeah, what was interesting about it when I first started talking about intuition, you know, I'm a big nerd, right? So I grew up in a very religious family and I never again wanted to have somebody tell me to believe something because they told me so. Uh So even my own experience, I wanted to reality check. And so um, everything I teach in Atmana is research supported, right? I will throw a research article at you in a hot minute to explain (laughs) 
what I'm teaching and why we're doing it. And we do it within ethics and best practices, right? Like it's very, very grounded um, because I want people to understand that this inner technology is, it is real, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that we all have. But what's so interesting when I finally made the decision, like you said, you can't keep it to yourself to tell people about this is I really thought that I was going to be met with a lot of resistance and bigotry. Mm -hmm. I was basically scared of the same environment that I grew up in. And what was so cool about it is I found that people would walk up to me at the end of speech or, um, you know, they'll send me messages online and they'll go, oh, I believe that too. You know, oh my goodness, I'm so glad. Like they're whispering it, you know, like they, they, they want to talk about it too. And I think that's a testament to the lived experience that each of us have of that pivotal moment in our life when we know that there's a power that comes to our aid. And you, we can call it God, you know, the universe, spirit. You know, if you're into Star Wars, we can call it the force. You know, I don't, I don't care. Whatever, whatever your belief system is, I believe that we are more powerful than we can possibly imagine, that we really are born for a purpose and that our intuition is there to guide us into unlocking that power to live that purpose so that we can help our brothers and sisters. And to me, that is what it really comes down to. We are nothing without each other. We are nothing without each other. Every last person on this earth is so valuable and beautiful and has so much to offer, right? Even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but that really is true. And so I feel like the reason why I'm so passionate about intuition is I think it's the mechanism by and through which we can return to relating to each other in that way, in that way of grace and compassion and understanding that people really are doing the best they can with what they have, even though it seems like on the surface, they might not be doing a really good job of it. But what I know in the eight years I've been a professional therapist and coach is that, gosh, if you knew what was going on in somebody's life, you would never have a bad word to say about them. You know, well, some people really are carrying that heavy load in their story. Yeah, for sure. And we've seen that so much in the last year and a half, you know, with the world around us literally crashing, you know, crashing down and feeling the weight of the world. We're now carrying that. On top of the other things that we also were laboring before, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking, um, because I know that there's so many, obviously I speak to a largely female audience. I know that you work largely with females as well. And that there's something really cool that I see with the connection between intuition which I believe all of us have. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people have under, understand it and understand how to tap into it. Some people don't. Yep. Um, and then there's also this other pattern behavior with women of not trusting themselves, second guessing themselves, you know, not feeling worthy. We hear this a lot in the female circles that we circulate in is there's also this chronic thing going on with that. Mm. And so it's like learning to tap into the, I'd love for you to speak about this, learning to tap into your intuition, not only to be a guidance system to help you make those decisions and move forward, but also what can it do for the woman who struggles with the, the uncertainty, um, the questioning of her ability, the, mm the lack, you know, mentality, mm -hmm. how have, because I know you're teaching and coaching other women in the, in the world of intuition. What are you seeing unfold there? I, I, the biggest thing that I'm seeing unfold is that when women give themselves an opportunity to truly speak from a place of truth mm -hmm. and how I would characterize following one's intuition, or let's look at the apply. So let's reverse engineer it. Right. Let's talk about applying into our, our intuitive knowing, right? Or what we know to be true. That is the good way to say it is, what is your truth? What do you believe to be true for yourself? And then how do we begin to apply that truth to our life while still remaining open to feedback, right? While mm -hmm. still, you know, having this co-created, co-relational co -rel you know, experience with people. 
Um, but what I am what I am noticing in teaching intuition, I think that this is the the miraculous part of it, and so unexpected that all of my clients and my students are blown away by the minute that they start speaking their truth as guide, saying that saying the things. I just did a reel this week where I said, I'm sick and tired of disgusting coach marketing tactics that make me feel like people are pimping their own trauma mm-hmm. to find clients. And it's disgusting. And I will say that as forcefully as I want. And if somebody has a problem with it, I respect you for that too. It's not even a fight. It's like, cool. You don't have to like it. I'm not saying it. So you like it. I'm saying it because I believe it. That's what you believe. Yeah. yeah. So you you don't have to agree with me cool. Like you're welcome. I'm welcome. We're all welcome. But what I think my clients are seeing with intuition is a couple of things. I want to say, I'm going to promise you this. I'm not going to promise it, but keep your eye out for it. You might be shocked. One, when you are speaking your truth, when it is really your truth, when it is really the core or the best you can get to it at this point in your life, you don't care what other people think. Oh, amen. Amen. You don't care. Now, it doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't uh-huh. mean that you don't wish that they would like it. Because believe you me, I wish that every word out of my mouth people thought was great. Of course I wish that. <laughs> of course I want yeah. that. Of course I want people to like me. Of course I want people to approve of me. Of course I want people to say, Heather, you're awesome. Of course I want that. What human being on the earth doesn't want that? But let me tell you what I want more than that, that I want that. I want to feel that way about myself first. first. Your opinion is second. So I have to be true to myself and I got to speak that. And I think the big surprise that women discover is that when you follow your intuition, when you are brave enough to speak it, you stop being concerned more about what other people think of you. You start caring about what you think of you. And here is what happens. Everybody starts listening. Yeah. Every person that you are here to tell your story to whose lives will be irrevocably changed by five minutes in your presence. Those people will never forget you. I get messages. I've been in business for eight years. I get messages from people who see me do speeches. I don't even remember. I gave podcast episodes. I don't even remember it. Right. I heard, I'm like, where'd you hear about me? I was on a bus in Mexico and this radio station came on and you were interviewed on a, I'm like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about, but that is the power of this because it's real. It's not some watered down thing. And it is controversial at times. But the, I think the thing with intuition and speaking our truth, what we need to remember, we're not being controversial for it for controversy's sake. We're not, we're doing it from a place of centeredness. We're yes. doing it from a place of like, I am here to stand and shine. I love that um, you, Light Beamers is such a great name. Um, I teach my coaches, we call it the lighthouse method. What I say is you're not here to, to be for everybody. You're not here to chase. You're, you're not, you're not here to do any of that in your business. What you're here to do is to be a lighthouse, not a tugboat. So you're just here to stand your light, speak your message and let the ships come into Harbor period. End of story. That's all you're supposed to do. So um, I think I get, you know, I get fired up about this, but I think that that's, that's the, um, that is how it changes your life across the board personally and professionally is when you allow that intuition to guide your life and what you think, feel, say, and do. Those are the four areas of living, right? What we think cog- cognition, our affect, our emotion, our belief, which is a combination between the two, and then how that informs our behavior out in the world. Um, you're just an unstoppable force. And, you know, people take notice because it's rare that you find people that are willing to just be direct, right? In your own style and in your, in your own way. I'm pretty dominant. Like I just get after it, but you know, it can be in your way that you do that. So. Yeah. I think that you're right though, that it is rare. And that's why I wanted you to speak on it because I think that you and I both play in the worlds of really trying to call more women forward. You know, we really want to see more women stepping into their power and, and, and really owning who they are, owning that story, Mm-hmm. Not um, not shying away or dumbing things down or, you know, 
just th those types of things. And so, um, you know, really listening to that inner guidance system and, and being connected to whatever that source is for you, you know, like, uh, you know, for me, it definitely is God. And, you know, obviously your story was around that too, but just being really connected to what you're here to say and do. And as you said, like not really, like really learning to let go of other people's opinion of that. That's really where the beauty is. And um, that's what intuition and digging into that can, can bring about for more women. Yeah. And it's, it, um, it's another, I think, important thing to remember that developing your intuition is a skill. Yes, it is. It really is. I mean, you have, we have to practice this, right? So a lot of women say, well, I don't feel connected in that way, or I don't feel like I do have, you know, this urging, or I don't have this big moment, a Lieutenant Dan moment where yeah. I feel connected. And what I say to that is that's okay too. Like we have these little moments in life where we have a little voice in our head. Like I had a client once, her name was Marge. She was an artist and she loved these like oil Pen, pen, uh, crayons things. Anyway, she was obsessed wow. with them. They're really expensive. They're like hundred bucks to get like a case. And so she goes, Heather, Heather, I finally understand what you mean when you say your intuitive voice is just that little voice in your head. That's always trying to guide you uh, to be happier and healthier in your life. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I went to the art store. I saved up a hundred bucks to buy my crayons and I was getting out of the car and it was hot. And I, and the little, this little voice in my head said, Marjorie, don't leave your crayons in the car. You're going to forget to come back out and get them. You need to take them in your first trip into the house. And she said, no, no, no. And of course she forgot them and her, they melted. And so money down the drain. Right. And it was just so cool to see her so excited. I said, yes, that's, you got it. It's learning to pay attention to those tiny little moments in her lives. Um, yeah. You know, that's not sensational. But I remember that story to this day. I'm sure she thought it was not a big deal. Oh, why would Heather care about my stupid, Crayon. you know, crayons? <laughs> but it, it impacted me so much because it was her truth that she had. That was her Lieutenant that was Dan her moment. Voice. Yeah. Yes. And it was just like, oh, this is so powerful. I'll never forget it. Right. It changed me. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's so important, though, because then, you know, she didn't listen that time, right? And then mm -hmm. the crayons melted. So you learn real quick to start listening, yes. right? And so what happens is then, and I, again, I'm going to keep talking to women because that's what who I like to talk to. So women start to learn how to trust themselves. They start mm -hmm. making decisions on their own instead of like by committee to everybody in their life. Um, they say things without that regard or concern about what are other people going to think. That's what starts to happen is you pay attention and maybe you didn't pay attention the first time and you lose your crayons, mm -hmm. right? Like literally your crayons are going to melt. So I think, I think that's such a good example for you to share because it is a small story, but it's so impactful because it's, it really illustrates the point. And I, I think also women, we are practicing our knowing that assertiveness and proper boundary with self is not aggression. Mm. And women, you know, women have been taught to, like you just said, I love the word consensus, right? Mm. If somebody tells me that it's okay for me to not cook dinner for my family four to five nights a week, then I'll, I'll feel okay about only cooking three nights a week. But my question is this, what I, what I like to pose to women is this, who has the ability to tell you that you're doing the right thing or not? Where is that power residing? Is it mm -hmm. residing in your mother? Is it residing in your, your brother, your sister, your father, your friends, your, where are to, to where is your power located? So in psychology, they have this concept called the internal or external locus of control. Where is the control in your life? Where is the power in your life located? And so I really believe it's about taking that control center that we literally give away to other people, reclaim it for ourselves, and realize that it is okay to assert yourself. It's okay to say. 
And I think this is the switch. Like, okay, so it's, it's, that's a wonderful thing to say. Oh, Heather, how wonderful. Let's put it on a Hallmark card and, you know, sell it, right? But how do we actually do it? And how yeah. we actually do it is we move from, I'm uh, going to listen to what everybody thinks. And I'm going to do it from this place of desperation because I don't want people to judge me to, I am making a decision that's best for my life. And when I'm done making this decision, I'm going to let, because we do want to respect our friends and our family and our, our husbands and our partners. Absolutely. What we do is we make that decision and then we inform people about our choice. It's not like you're going rogue. It's just, I'm living my life and I'm going to let my loved ones know what I've decided. If we're having a hard time making a decision, then we get clear on what it is we truly want and we ask for help and feedback. Mm-hmm. When I, um, you know, you and I are, have the same business coach, right? So um, we both had a big decision to make, right? To, um, who To invest in this, this program. Oh my goodness, there was no way I was making that by myself. I called my team. I called my <laughs> mom. I called my best friend. I was, I was like, what do you think? What do you know? What am I missing? You know, workshopping this decision with people. So I think there's a big difference between listening to what other people say because you don't know what you want. You don't know what you believe. You have no mm-hmm. clue what your truth is. And so you're out there trying to have people tell you, you're looking for this like aha moment when what we really should do is sit down from this place of what do I want? How do I mm-hmm. feel? If I could do anything right now, what would it be? You know, let me get real with myself about my yeses and my nos. And that is a very challenging thing to do because you find out real quick, there's a lot of people and a lot of things that you are doing in your life that you hate. That you really don't want to be doing. That you really don't want to be doing. And oh my goodness, what's going to happen when you realize you're lying to yourself? Because then you might have to go be honest with yourself and other people about it. And that's what women are really scared of. So what we do is we hide behind this like, well, I don't know. Girl, you know. Girl, please. You know. You know you don't want to be cooking dinner five nights a week. You know it's why you're asking the question. So do you feel better now that I told you you could do three? I'm glad I get to be the overlord of your life. Who, why are we doing this to ourselves? Right. right? Like, so, and that, and by the way, that was me. I hated cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. We already know the answer to that. I love it. You know, but, um, but that's such a good example though. It really is. And oh gosh, this, this whole concept of like making the decision and then it's okay once you make the decision to get the feedback your example of like i'm going to invest in this coach and it's a crap ton of money but i've already decided i'm going to do it but in the process i want to run it by my team i want to get some feedback from other women in the industry that i admire like you know anything i should be looking out for anything you think that i'm overlooking here but I've already made the decision. Like you wouldn't have even gone and had those conversations. Um, and I did this with you, you know, when I came into that particular program, mm-hmm. um, you know, I pretty much had already decided I was looking and wanted, wanted that, but it was a matter of at that point, oh, I'm just doing this to get the feedback to make sure I'm not overlooking or underlooking somewhere. Right. That's different than I have no idea. I, nobody makes, you know, everyone, I'm letting everyone else make decisions for me. And I'm just going to go out there and let someone else tell me what to do. Yeah. I Completely think so, different. As you're saying that this, I just kind of pictured in my mind us in the grocery store. So imagine you're going into the grocery store and how we're, how we're living a non-intuitive life is we're walking into the grocery store and we're saying, Hey, sister, mom, brother, friends, people I've never met on Instagram. What should I buy at the grocery store today? Instead of going, hey, mom, dad, friends, sisters, women I admire, people I've never met on Instagram, I want to make spaghetti tonight. Y'all hit me up with your best spaghetti recipes. Do you like green peppers in your spaghetti? How about sausage? Do you like onions? What do y'all think? Should I do the marinara? Oh, should I spike it with garlic? Y'all tell me what you think. I'm making spaghetti. I'm stoked. You see the difference? Such a good example. Yes. Good, good, good difference. Yeah. So... Okay. Are you cool? Not see me now, but, um, I love that example of the spaghetti though. That's such a good example to really illustrate your point. Mm -hmm. And so when, if, if there's someone listening to all of this and going, man, this is definitely an area that I want to sharpen my skill because you said, 
you know, learning to really tap into your intuition and discover it for yourself, number one, and then actually be able to access it and let it inform you and use it on Mm -hmm. a regular basis. Part number two, Mm -hmm. where does one truly begin? Like, where's a really good spot for them to start? How do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about this? Questions. So here's what I'll I'll give it to you real quick. So that, so that sounds really nice, but here's why I say this. Um, The research shows, so how how does intuition work, right? So intuition is a hardwired, I'm going to give you a $10 word, psychophysiological process. It's innate, just like every human being is born with the ability to blink, to breathe air, to feel with their fingers, to taste with their tongues, to see with their eyes, to hear with their ears, to smell with their nose. We are born with the ability to intuit. The organ that intuits, we now know, thank you, science, is the heart. So remember when you were young, people would say you have a sixth sense. And we thought that that was metaphorical. It's not metaphorical. It is actually attached to a physical organ. And we now know that that organ is the heart. The heart emits an electromagnetic field that can reliably be measured three feet off the body. Scientists postulate that this field is infinite because it works at the quantum level, but they can reliably measure it three feet, three feet off the body. This is, um, it's different than a person's aura, but that's kind of how people think of it, right? But what is so cool about this electromagnetic field is that the quality of this field, you can literally see emotions in it. You can, people, when they get hooked up, to uh, uh, EKGs and EEGs, right? You can see the the emotional uh, frequencies in. So love, gratitude uh, makes this electromagnetic field uh, smooth, right? It facilitates health, wellness, well-being, and also intuitive connection. So the heart receives intuitive information, right? On this, this energetic level, it comes into the heart field, the the uh, it's whether it's clear or not. Think of it like a garden hose. If you have a garden hose that's kinked, not a lot of water can come through. The kink in the hose is negative emotion, right? Anger, frustration. Ugh. We're literally cutting ourselves off from this ability to hear, see, and feel higher knowledge. So the information comes in. It hits our limbic system within two to three seconds, which is when we start to think, "Huh, what's going on here?" And then right after that, a couple of seconds later, it hits our gut. So the intuitive pathway is heart, brain, gut. That's how it works. But it all starts with emotion. It all starts with how we feel. So in other words, vibes. What are your vibes about this thing? If you ask yourself, how do I really feel about this thing that I'm trying to decide on? Or this person I just met, how do I really feel that is the moneymaker because the, that's kind of the first language, right? The language of intuition is absolutely emotional in nature. It's non-logical. It's not cognitive, right? It's a different operating system than our cognition. And it runs off of emotion. So, And here's the good news. At any moment, we can stop and ask ourselves that. The challenge is that we don't lie to ourselves about how we really feel. Yeah, actually, I, actually I, I don't want to cook. I actually don't. Oh my God. Does that make me a bad mother? Wait. Yes, I do want to cook. I do want to cook five nights a week because I don't want to feel like I'm a bad mother. No, honey, you don't want to cook. You don't want to cook. You just don't want to cook. It? <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make, and it doesn't make me a bad mother. Right. But I had to, right. that, that was my resistance. My resistance sure. was, oh my goodness, is this going to make me? So I really do in my experience with uh, teaching intuitive development, it's not that we're not connected. I actually think We have a treasure trove of intuitive information sitting with us at any given moment. It's really just, are we going to be bold and give ourselves permission to live in that truth? But I, I promise you this, when you do, you're going to inspire so many other people um, to give themselves permission to do the same. And there's, there's really like, there's really nothing else in the world that I feel like we're here for, but to but to be in deep, beautiful, authentic relationship with other people. You know, I've shared this story, I'm sure many, many times, and probably even a couple of times already on this podcast and it's short, you know, infancy of just doing this a year. But there, I, I, I know without a shadow of a, ta- a doubt that intuition has guided me for sure. Um, 
looking back, I can see how it's guided me all along in my career. Mm-hmm. I think intuition has also played a huge role in my ability to excavate stories from people because I can sense things and I can, um, I can, you know, my gut, my gut is just telling me the next question to ask, which always is the right question that allows me to get deeper into the story. Mm. So I've credited intuition with a lot of those things, but specifically, like you said, going and shining that light so boldly for other people. For me, when I started light beamers, that was me definitely like, I don't know. I didn't know the how I didn't know all the things, but I also had a, a similar, experience where I felt like God was really speaking to me and I actually paid attention and listened. And so I just, I just did that thing. You know, Mm. I just said, okay, this is the next thing. It is me taking a risk. It is me not knowing all the answers. I'm just going off a gut instinct that this is what I need to be doing. And this is the direction that I need to go, even when it doesn't make sense to a lot of other people. Mm. Mm -hmm. And In doing that, I've heard so many, and of course, here we are six years later, right? And it's worked out pretty well. And I've had (laughs) so many other women specifically say to me, you have been so inspirational to watch, or it's been amazing to see you do these things. And because I, I believe that it's in that permission giving, right? Mm -hmm. You were just talking about that. I gave myself permission to just do something that I 100% was in charge of making that decision to do. Because mm. trust me, nobody else was telling me to start light beamers and go do these things. Right, so right. Nobody else was coming to me with that idea. Yep. <laughs> so, but in giving myself permission to own that wholly and to step into it bravely has in return, I hope, and I know it has because I've had people tell me, given other people permission to do the same in their own way, mm-hmm. like, you know, do their own thing. It's that permission giving. It's so powerful. It's so, um, and, and it started with my own intuition. It started mm-hmm. with me listening. And you, t- you said, how, how does it feel or how do you want to feel? That was a question that I was asking myself when I was in that stage of um, discovery of like, what do I want to do next? How do Mm. I want to take my career to the next level? What would feel really, really good and juicy to me? And the answer was exactly what I've ended up creating, right? Because I wanted to feel that I could use my gifts to the highest potential. And at the time in my career, I didn't feel like I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And that didn't feel very good. You know, mm-hmm. I like, well, I kind of feel like a waste, honestly. I kind of feel like I'm just getting by, you know, just, I'm just getting by. Okay. I, I should be and women do this. I should just be grateful for what I have, you know, <laughs> God, that's so you know, true. I'm going to be grateful for what I know I can go create. Yeah. Who, who says you, yeah, that again, back to where is your, where is your authority? Who right. says you should be grateful? Right. Oh, it's so powerful. Mm So, um, you know, that, that just listening to that voice and answering that question of how did I want to feel and how did the current situation make me feel right. Allowed me to make the choice and the decision that I needed to make in that time of my life that has gone on to, you know, for sure bless me, Mm -hmm. but I know has blessed so many other people. And it feels really good. It feels amazing mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. on top of the world, kind of amazing. Yeah. And I, I think that no matter where we are in our story, we certainly don't have to wait until the poo-poo hits the fan right. to, to have that moment, right? Like I, I would, I would look at anyone and say, well, you can start doing this today. You don't have to be Absolutely. sick. You don't have to have a trauma to look at your life and and realize that you have an opportunity to step into something. Um, you know, I love how you said to follow the breadcrumbs, right? It's it's you only can see it when you're looking back, right? When you're living it in the moment, it's just what's my next right step? You you can only see the breadcrumb that's next. You can't see fifty breadcrumbs in front of you, but you can look at all of the breadcrumbs breadcrumbs behind you. And I think what we see there is a common thread through all of our experiences that create a story um, that really is, if we will live intuitively, 
beyond our wildest dreams. And that is the gift. I think like that's the payoff. That's what we get for uh, daring greatly to, to live like this. I just hosted my first company retreat for all of my team members. Um, we rented out this gorgeous condo here at the beach where I live. And we invited a couple of our local Atmana coaches and they came and um, one of them stopped and, and kind of halfway through the night, we were playing like crimes against humanity was such a, which is such a terrible game, but have, have just <laughs> having so much fun. And uh, she looked at me and she said, well, how does it feel to sit here and know that you've created all of this? You know, what is that like? It's got to be incredible to sit here and just be like, oh my God, like Atmana, like look at what it's become. And I, I was like, huh, I, I guess I never thought of it like that. But what, what I said back to her was, I didn't have even the ability to dream this in my wildest dreams. No, exactly. I I never thought that this would be, I I never thought it, that this would happen. And I mean that literally, like I just never thought it. It it wasn't (laughs) like, oh, I want that to happen, but I don't believe it will. Like, no, I just, it never. It just wasn't even in your vortex. Yeah, yeah. But when you follow that next breadcrumb and you do it intuitively, it becomes something that is magical. And so um, if you want a magical life, you have to be willing to do magical things. Um, And I think what I want people to know is that you really are supported if you will give it a go. You're going to be shocked at how mighty forces really do come to your aid when you're daring greatly. Ah, so well said. So well said. You know, Heather, I was just thinking too, as you were talking about where you are now with Atmana and when you and I first met each other, you know, we really have been circling this, this journey together for a while. We didn't know each other that well in the very beginning. Uh, but we, even back then we had uh, hired a similar, (laughs) same business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some degree. And, uh, we were in the same community and, um, you know, I don't think either one of us at that stage, well, I know we, neither one of us had what we have now. Mm. Neither one of us had any of those things. We were in the journey of figuring those things out. We were in the journey. And quite honestly, we still are. Sure. Of just stepping on that next stone in front of us, following that next breadcrumb. But here we are, you know, easily, what, five, six years later. And a lot has, uh, has unfolded that's really beautiful. And one mm-hmm. of which for you is the creation of Atmana. Um, I've watched you build it from the ground up. I've watched you first talk about it for the first time to Mm -hmm. like now having it be like a crazy success, um, crazy good success. Mm -hmm. Um, And and really what, what are you doing at Atmana? I would love to give you the opportunity to share how this whole story has unfolded for you and like where it has led you to in this very moment on this day of this recording, what Amana <laughs> is doing in the world. Well, now our, we're really equipping other people to mm-hmm. be intuitive coaches. Yeah. So our mission, so what Amana is, is we are a life coach training and certification company and we're cradle to grave, you know, full stop. So we have three prongs of our training program. And this is what I'm really passionate about. We do traditional coaching skills, right? Like just your coaching basics And then, but our claim to fame is really teaching empaths, intuitives, people who identify as intuitive creatures, right? Um, You're highly sensitive people, um, people who just orient in the world that way. We are the world's literally first life coach training and certification company that has concretized the process of effectively and safely from a research supported paradigm, implementing the use of intuition into the coaching session to help our clients. So this is two, it's two levels, right? We as, as the healers uh, develop strong intuition skills, but then we also learn how to use that as a skill efficaciously, right? Like really applying it methodically um, kind of like how a doctor uses a scalpel um, to perform his, you know, his art. Mm -hmm. We use intuition in that way. And then I'm, I have a knack for business. I always have, and on the back end, we do business development. So my mission with Atmana is to train by 2023, 500 intuitive focused practitioners. And why I am so passionate about bringing intuition in is because we are now in 
you really stop and think about it, it's kind of wild. Think about the last 500 years of human evolution. We've gone through four, we're on the fourth iteration of our model. Okay, so we went from agrarian to industrial to cognitive. And I believe that we are now in the middle of an emotional, which is Mm -hmm. another, you know, it's another way to say intuitive, right? An emotional and affective revolution. So I was born in 1976 in the middle of the, you know, the industrial revolution was well on its way, but I also grew up on a farm. I milked a cow until I was 10 years old. We had pigs, chickens, we had a whole garden, right? So I grew up in that agrarian model. My dad was a blue collar worker. He went to the work at the factory. My mother Mm -hmm. was a social worker. So just in my lifetime, me, just me, little Heather, I have experienced four way, four revolutions in how human beings live life, agrarian, industrial, cognitive. Okay. So computers were invented, you know, like in the, well, back in World War II, but so they really hit, started hitting the stride in the eighties, right? The PC kind of came out eighties, nineties, the internet hit in the nineties, the smartphone came out in 2008. So we went from this cognitive model and now we're in a world where it's not even brain-based. Now nobody even cares about that. It's Oh my God. How do I feel? Yeah. How do I feel? (laughs) And, and mindfulness and like, oh my gosh, how do I relate to my employees and my team? Everybody understands that emotional intelligence is, as my 17 year old would say, the gas, right? So Mm -hmm. emotions are the gas and that's intuition. And so we need new tools for new times. And the intuitive coach is singularly equipped to help make changes at the societal and at the individual and at the cultural level because they are using the tool of the time. And the time is emotional. The time is intuitive. I don't care what you think. I care how you feel. I care who you are. I care what the meaning in your life is. I care about your purpose. I care about you as a human being. This is what is going to pull us back. Albert Einstein said, I don't know what with what weapons World War III will be fought with, but I will tell you that World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. We are going to kill ourselves if we don't figure out how to love and get along. And that is what intuitive coaching does that absolutely nothing else does. As coaches, we are we are the ones that are ushering that in, in a way that's, um, we're using that as the primary tool, right? So therapists and regular coaches, of course, they use their intuition, but they don't use it first. And if they do, it's a passive thing, right? Whereas we are saying, I am saying, my coaches are saying, no, 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 this is my, this is a primary tool I'm using. I, yes, I have traditional skills. Of course, we use that research base, you know, that, that, um, you know, the, the foundational skills that every coach should have. Okay. Reflecting feelings, active listening, uh, attentive yeah. silence, providing feet, all of these skills we learn, but we lead with that, with the intuitive, um, with the intuitive skill, because it's, it's the one that is the most bang for the buck. You can get in one session with an intuitive coach. I really do believe you can excavate, excavate and make more progress than you would in 10 with someone else. So that, that's my purpose in it. I think ah, it, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's fun. I love it. It's, it's definitely my life's work and God only knows where it's going from here. So we'll see. That's right. <laughs> we will see. We're going to step on the next breadcrumb and it's going to just grow from here. I love what you're doing. I love the vision of Atmana. I love what you've already created with it. And I, you know, listen, I, I couldn't agree more about where we're at in the world and how important this work is, which is, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, because I believe that we really do have to get, um, you know, you're training coaches specifically like to do the work with other people. Mm -hmm. But I think we also just have to get people in general, just in their daily lives, understanding and tapping into their inner source, right? Like really tap into what's available to them and most definitely equip the professionals of the world the coaches mm-hmm. um, in this, in this regard, in this conversation, the coaches to then go and and serve those people from that standpoint mm-hmm. with using that intuitive guidance system. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. We're going to link up all of your fun things. Of course, your website at Mana coaching mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, all your fun channels so that people can connect with you and follow you. Um, I highly encourage you guys to do that. Even if you don't want to become an intuitive coach, there's so much to learn from Heather and um, her team at Mana. We're going to, we're going to be rolling out an intuitive development course here soon for everyone. Love it. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So good. Thank you so much for this very enlightening conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. <laughs>
So good. So good. So you guys be sure to share out this episode, give it a review. We love hearing from you. Um, shoot me a message over on Instagram. I'm at Lightbeamers, or I am also at the Inside Story podcast and just say, Hey, I heard this episode with Ev- Heather and I'd love to hear your takeaways. Like that's always so fun for us to hear. And I'll share that with Heather as well. But yeah, share your takeaways with me. What part of this interview did you love the most? Um, Report back. All right. We will see you next time on the Inside Story Podcast. You guys have a great one. I'll see you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too, so be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.